we ask, God, that you continue to stay with us, continue to be with us, continue to lead and guide us, order our steps, and reminding us along the way when we get so high and forget that you are the one that's in control. Help us to remain humble, God. And as in said in the opening prayer this morning, help us to, to seek your face, turn from our wicked ways, God, and bring healing to this land. We know, God, that we have leaders that claim to know who you are but are far from you. And we ask, God, that you just touch them all right now. Touch them all to get rid of their own personal agendas and to get on your page, God. And make that same thing happen to us, that not our personal desires, our wants, and our financial dreams, but your way, God, put our hearts in alignment with you, that we may be on one accord, that we may see the work that you desire done on this earth, that, that every need would be met, because it is your will that we take care of each other. We love you, God. And we thank you, Lord. For it is in Jesus Christ's name that we do pray and believe. Amen. 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 Good morning, everybody. Uh, uh, we have some issues. Apparently, they did some rewiring uh, here at the church this weekend. So uh, as I was talking to uh, our sound technician, uh, he wasn't able to control the sound of the musicians. And you can see we are without the, the video that we would normally have. And uh, But, you know, that's just par for course occasionally things happen but church is still going to happen whether we have video screens or not uh, as we close out this month uh, dealing with stress in the Christian life stress and worry uh, my wife is going around she's handing out little slips of paper and this is part of what we're going to do at the end of service this afternoon or this morning rather uh, the slips of paper are for you to write down Whatever it is that has been troubling you, what, whatever has caused you sleepless nights, that has stressed you to the point where you have, uh, feel like you're developing ulcers. Oh, Bailey's good. I just let her, at least somebody's talking to me. Uh, whatever has caused you worry, whatever has impacted your life, your family, your relationships, uh, things that are going on at work, if it's sin that has caused you the stress and the worry, write it down on the paper for you, not to give to me. You write it down on the paper as we progress. And at the end of uh, the sermon, uh, I will give you further instructions uh, what to do. But write down those things that are creating issues for you. Uh, we, Jordan just came in in the back, so she needs a slip of paper. She has one. Oh, she has one. Sorry. Excuse me. She has one, everybody. <laughs> now that I've been put in my place. So I, I was looking at, uh, I posted on, on our uh, podcast page, the sermon for last week, and I generally try not to preach too long, and I realized last week that I had preached for 46 minutes, which is entirely too long, so today will definitely not be a 46-minute uh, sermon. I'm going to skip through some things that I thought uh, I, that may or may not be needed, I mean, but if the spirit moves, the spirit moves, but my heart is not to preach for 46 minutes again. So, uh, unfortunately, not on the screen, but as you remember, uh, our overarching scripture that was covering this month 
uh, as we call the month, Don't Worry, Be Happy, uh, Worry in Christianity, uh, was uh, Matthew chapter 6, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 32. And I'm not going to read the entire uh, of the entirety of the verses, but just a couple of things uh, right off the bat, the first sentence. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry. That is the very first line that our Lord is telling to us directly through the disciple or the apostle Matthew. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry. It goes on to say, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And he goes on and he talks about the birds of the air and how much more worthy we are than they, uh, the lilies of the field, how God take care of those things. And then in verse 31, he, he says again, therefore, do not worry. And it's, it, it's, I find it important that our Lord God is telling us that of all the things that we go through life and saying that we believe in God and that we trust in God, God is telling us again, he is, he's told us before, do not fear. And he's, he's told us, I am the Lord your God, I will never leave you or forsake you. He's told us that if we just trust him, that he will provide for us. And yet we still find that people who call themselves Christians, people who are the faith of our Lord God, stress and worry probably more than anybody else. And the sad part of it is that you expect those who do not know God to worry. You would expect those who do not know God to be stressed out all the time. But the people who say they believe in God should not have a care in the world. And we, and we talked about three points that we reminded uh, for it to remind us that we were to think about the entire month. The first one, as was Jesus told us, that our life and body are more valuable than any food or clothing, any food we eat or any clothing we wear. Uh, we, we seem to think, particularly it seems more now than ever been before, we're so focused on the label. And, I mean, any, and whether it's our individual greed or what we see in the media, we go to, you watch the, the Oscar shows and the red carpets and everybody, who are you wearing? Who are you wearing? And we're, we're so concerned, who designed these clothes? And for women, it may be an evening gown, but for the brothers, it's, well, this is my watch, and, and these are, you know, I'm wearing my, my shoes, my coat, whatever, who's, uh, who were the shoes that uh, President Obama used to wear? Alan Edmonds. Yeah, I got my Allen Edmonds on, you know, these $500 and $600 pair of shoes. Uh, but God says your body, your, your, your life and your body are more important than these things. Uh, the, the second point was that God provides for the animals. He provides for plants, and he is going to provide for us. And the third point was that even if you are stressed out and worried, it doesn't change anything. If you have created a situation for yourself because you have lived an unholy life, Worrying about it is not going to correct the mistakes of the past. Worrying about what your kids are doing when you've done the best you can is not going to change them from being stupid if they go out and decide, I'm going to be stupid. You see these kids racing cars, knowing that mama and daddy told them, don't you take this car over 70 on the freeway. But yet... When someone comes up, I know, especially for us brothers, it becomes a testosterone thing that we just feel, well, he ain't go, I ain't no punk. 
for whatever it is. Those are the worst. Whether your car, you think your car is faster than mine, whether you think your woman's finer than mine, whether you think you got more money than mine, or your parents are better than mine, I still ain't no punk. And that Lord knows I've had said these words more than, than I care to admit, but if you don't think so, we can take it outside. I'm going to show you. But that ain't going to do nothing for my situation. It will never change how I'm dealing with people in my job, people at home, whether I have money or whether I have food or clothing. I'm still going to be stressed out if I do not trust God. And we talked about the issues that, that come about, health issues that result from stress and worry. And, and when you think about how bad, when you, you, you focus on these things so much that you begin to cause yourself to be ill, the thyroid problem, diabetes, heart disease, and even tumors as a result of stress and worry, it kind of creates a situation or should create something in your mind that says, you know, maybe I need to stop doing this. Maybe I need to take a different approach. And one of the things that we didn't talk about over the course of the month is that even with stress and worry, that you can get so far down into the minutia of what's going on that you can get into a depression. A new television show came on this week uh, called A Million Little Things. And I watched it and was thinking, this is a pretty interesting show. And, and they're dealing with a group of friends who have, uh, are, are reeling in the wake of a friend of theirs, the best friend, the anchor, who committed suicide. And at the funeral, they're sitting around trying to figure out what is it that caused him? How did we miss it? What, what was going on? And one of the, 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 the newcomers to the group, who happened to be a psychologist, said, uh, well, maybe he lost sight of the horizon. And they asked, well, what do you mean by losing sight of the horizon? And she told the story of John F. Kennedy Jr. that when he was flying in his plane, his instrument panel said one thing, but his eyes said something else. The instrument panel said he was going in this direction, but he didn't trust the instrumentation. And he looked out himself and decided to do his thing his way. And the plane ended up in a nosedive because he had lost sight of the horizon. And she was saying that people who get into a depression, they don't trust anything anymore, and they begin to see what they see, and all of a sudden they find themselves in a nosedive and they're going towards a crashing and burning because they've lost sight of what's right in front of them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And my wife and I have had several conversations as we have been dealing with the stress and, and the worry about this transition from Texas back to California and trying to think, okay, if this is happening, this is happening, why haven't we found a house? Why do we keep getting rejected? Why is somebody more pleasing than we are? And then not thinking, do you realize how blessed we are? Even in spite of what's going on, the fact of the matter is that no matter what happened, I was able to come back to my mother and father who welcomed us and told us, don't rush. Take as much time as you need because we surely could have gone out and got some old rat's nest. Just to be able to get it. But when we get focused on why, what's going on, we lose sight of the horizon and realizing what's in front of us. And it, it, it is like when they said in the Bible, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has its own issues. Because today you may think you're in something bad, but tomorrow could be worse. 
deal with what's happening today because as he told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. So when we look at the past of what we've gone on this past month, some of the lessons we've learned, we learned, one, that God does not change with our circumstance. We saw that God is the same today, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That regardless of where we are, we saw this with David. It's when, he, when, it, when the people, his men, his boys were ready to kill him, it said that David strengthened himself in the Lord. Because he knew that the same God that saved him when he was facing Goliath, the same God that saved him when he was wrestling with that lion, is or whatever animal, that lion, but tell me, preference. He is the same God that was going to deliver him from these fools that were trying to kill him. God doesn't change with your circumstance. Uh, we, We also saw that when we got to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that God can be trusted even when you can't see the outcome. You, you, don't, you don't know what's going to happen. They were facing death because they chose to serve God and not man. And here they are telling the king, Lord, you know, I got you, king. I hear what you're saying. I realize this is the law of the land, but uh, uh, we're still going to trust God. Even though you go said that you're going to throw us in the fiery furnace. Even though you have jacked up the temperature higher than it's ever been, we are still going to trust God. They couldn't predict the outcome, but they still trusted God. Then we saw with the disciples when they were in the boat with Jesus Christ that the storms in your life are there to keep you from getting to the other side. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. If Jesus said, let's go, let's go. It doesn't matter what happens from the time you get in the boat till you get to the other shore because Jesus was there. They were in the boat with the uh, the disciples and and it said that uh, a great storm arose that Jesus was sleeping. And they panicked. But Jesus is still trying to get you to the other side. And last week we saw with our boy Jonah coming with his toxicity that he, toxic people like Jonah, will bring you into their drama. Stuff going on in their lives and they walk right into your house and drop it all on your lap. And that creates problems for us. And some of the scriptures we looked at, Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, it's not just me telling you this is the word of God saying this. I actually saw a tweet that I posted on Facebook, a very popular TV guy, motivational speaker, as it were. Uh, He's got this really great slogan on here, and I I tweeted back to him, can you give me the scripture, please? (laughs) Because otherwise, you're just talking. You know, it's just, uh, I never was, never cared much for cheerleaders, but you notice how they're out there clapping their hands and doing spelling out letters. As far as I'm concerned, that's all he's doing in the tweet. But just like you've heard me say time and time again, when you are facing a demon, you can't sit around here and tell him, LeRon said this. <laughs> See, you're going to be just like it. I, I keep going back to this because it kills me more than anything else. When Skeva and his sons are going to face this demon and the demon spoke to them directly. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? <laughs> then the word continues to say that the demon came out, jumped on them, and just beat the head, sent them naked out of the house. 
That's what's gonna happen when you sit around and you keep reading these things from people who don't tell you where they get this. Fine to have a cliche. But if it is not backed with the word of God, it means nothing. And people are passing around. Young lady told me as I put it on Facebook, well, I like him. I listen to his radio station. He's so positive. I, I was just tired of all the negativity. And I've told her time and time again, and I will continue to tell people time and time again, sometimes you need to hear the negativity to get your butt in gear. You cannot continue to leave the same ragged life and think you're going to come before the throne of grace and God just going to say, hey, no problem, bro. It doesn't happen. He already told us in his word, be holy for I am holy. He didn't say be raggedy and I that's cool. Be holy. Said all I asked the dude to do is give me a scripture. When Jesus was being tempted by Satan, he didn't say, well, you know, I heard this or I heard that. He quoted the word says not once, not twice. But three times telling the word of God says, and Satan had to flee. The only thing that's going to make Satan flee, the only thing that's going to change your life and get rid of the stress and worry is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that was Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel 3, 17 through 18. Here were their words to, uh, uh, to uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, as I said. You can still trust God even when you can't predict the outcome. They said, if that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Trust in God even when you cannot predict the outcome. Uh, and... Uh, uh, the storms in your life coming to keep you from the other side. The disciples in the Gospel of Mark 4, 36-37 says, Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat and as, as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Not just a little storm, a big storm. Water coming into the boat. And anybody knows that when water gets in the boat, all the boat is going to do is sink. Yes, that's right. The storm was going to keep them from the other side. But they said Jesus was with them sleep at the front of the boat. Jesus is never going to leave us. Jesus is never going to forsake us. The storms are just there to make you doubt and keep you from getting to the other side. So never stop when the storms come. And then we saw in Jonah with his toxicity. Jonah uh, chapter 1 verse 5 it says when the mariners were afraid and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load but Jonah had gone down to the lowest parts of the ship had lain down and was fast asleep they get rid of all this stuff panicking calling out to all they got see they, these are the, the guys who are believing this, this guy with his tweets <laughs> I'm supposed to have my best life right now. What, what, why is this going on? Well, show me in the Word of God where it says you had your best life. But see, he see he's sleeping at the bottom of the boat while your wife is turning topsy turvy. 
The people who come in and that you, you're worried about saving, you're trying to keep them from being a, a failure, you're trying to help them out and get them from point A to point B. You stressed out. Your house is in disarray. Your relationships are messed up because of them. And they just sitting back chilling. You go look for them, they sitting out on the porch taking a smoke. You got any more Hennessy? You know how them folks are. Jonah was fast asleep down there while these people are losing their mind. And if you remember in the story, it says here that they cried out to their God, but after him, Jonah's talking to them and making them realize, owning up to his responsibility, that he was the cause of the mess in their lives, uh, then they started crying out to God. And you remember I told you Pastor Ray told me through his experience in life, that there are no atheists in the trenches. <laughs> when, when, when it comes time for the rubber to meet the road, everybody who's claiming, well, I ain't never believed in God. God don't have no power in my life. Till it comes time when they're facing that rock in a hard place, and all of a sudden, oh, Lord, God, please help me. <laughs> They've already caused havoc. Bringing stuff into your life. But... Now they want to call on God. And so here we are today as we close out this month. One verse. The Gospel of John chapter 8. Verse 36. The Gospel of John chapter 8 verse 36. Jesus is already talking to the people. Talking to the disciples. And he gets to this place about sin and bondage. And then he says. Well in 35. I didn't put it down. But in 35 he's telling them that sin you know, you, you may think you're free, but when you sin, you are bondage to sin. And he says in verse 36, therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And that's the theme for today to close out the month, that you are free indeed. All this stuff that we've gone through for this month that we understanding like David that sometimes things happen that work out of your control sometimes you have people who have stuck with you and encourage you and, and keep you sharp and we that one scripture in Proverbs says an iron sharpens iron another brother uh, sharpens another that they you you have these friends who've stayed on the walk with you <clears throat> and we see saw with the disciples how they panicked, fed into each other's stress. These, the friends that we have in our lives that just, uh, they, they mean well, but they don't know God. They don't have as close a relationship with God. And so when we're sitting here worried about our relationships and they're giving us advice that's ungodly, then it creates the problem. And, and so God is saying, whatever the situation you've had in your life, that you may be in bondage to sin. You may be in bondage to all these things that keep me away from you. The, the worries of life, stress in your life. But if I've come to make you free, you are free indeed. The message for all of you today is that whatever it is, whatever you wrote on your paper... If I had more time, I would have filled this out on the front and back. To realize that God has said you are free. You are free from whatever you wrote on this paper. Therefore, 
If the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And he put the indeed on the end as an emphasis. This is not just me just saying these words. I'm telling you, I'm commanding these words. You are free indeed. That means that there is never another sleepless night you should have. There should never be a moment of wringing your hands together, wondering, will I be able to make it? Will I have food to eat? Will this relationship work? You are free indeed. And so I go to Isaiah chapter 43, verses 20 through 21. Because God, we, we've heard the cliche. And see, I, I, you guys know, I don't, I'm not a fan of cliches because they usually don't have any weight. But if you got a cliche that is backed by scripture, then I'm with that. Because I can at least go to the word of God and see where this is. Because then when I'm standing in the face of this demon or in a storm, I can command that because it has the word of God behind it. So the reason why you are free indeed is because you were created to praise God. Not created to worry. Isaiah 43, chapter, uh, verse 20 and 21. Isaiah 43, 20 and 21 says, the beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people, this people, road to Damascus I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praise. You were not created. To sit here and leave, sit in your bed all night long, worried about what's happening tomorrow. You don't have to worry when that phone rings and wondering if it's a bill collector behind. You heard me talk about that three-day quit notice on the door when my rent used to be late. I don't have to worry about that because he says, my chosen, this people I form for myself, they shall declare, declare my praise. Sometimes when I'm writing these sermons, I have to, to pinch myself and bite my tongue from shouting in the kitchen or in my office or wherever I am to think that God is saying these animals are going to praise me because I provide waters in the wilderness. This wilderness we're wandering in, stressed out and worried, wondering if I'm going to have enough money. Am I going to be a good parent, Miss Jazzy? Am I going to be a good wife to my husband? He's saying all this, I'm providing all this for you in the wilderness, rivers in the deserts to give drink to my people. He is claiming ownership of us. And you know how we are with our kids. My kids ain't going to walk for nothing. I'm going to give them everything I can. And this is God saying, these are my people, my chosen. I give them drink. The people I have formed for myself. This is what you were created for, yes, sir. Yes, sir. not to worry. I wanted a, a line, you know how much I love This Is Us. And I just happened to, well, what just happened, clearly it was for a reason. Looked at a, the scene when Randall was at the hospital with his dad. You watched This Is Us, Reverend Mike? This Is Us? 
you don't watch it, you gotta get with that show, bro. <laughs> when he's standing there at the hospital, sitting next to the bed, and his father's dying in the hospital, and his father is telling him that he doesn't regret his life. It wasn't remarkable. But I don't look back as being sad that I didn't live a life that left a bunch of what ifs and almost. That's what we do. And we worried about what if life had gone this way? What if I had done that? I almost was this if I just would have did it this way. But God said, they shall declare my praise. We are not created to lead a life of what ifs and almost. Worried about what's going to happen or what has happened. What's happening now? Praise God. In John, the Gospel of John 10.10, you really have to get an understanding of what the stress and worry is about. And the theme that has gone throughout this month of every situation we saw, John 10.10, Jesus is telling us, very familiar passage, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now see, I know some of these, you know, like Mr. Tweet and Pastor, the, uh, the, you know, the abundance for him is money. The abundance for me is peace. Because God, he never promised that I was going to be rich. He never promised any of you were going to be rich. Now if it happens that you end up being rich, don't forget your boy. <laughs> that is not what he promised. Life to be abundant. But when we're worried about stress, we're worried and stressed out, mad and angry, sick because we are focusing on losing sight of the horizon because we can't see what's exactly in front of us. You have to understand that is the enemy creating this problem. And Jesus is telling us this is what happens when you are so consumed that you can't see what's in front of you. When you have lost sight of the horizon, that is the enemy who has come to steal, to kill, and destroy your life and your dream. Destroy your relationships with each other and to destroy your relationship with God. The God that you were created to serve. The God who just said all the animals will, uh, will praise me because I have taken care of them. I've taken care of you because you are mine. You shall declare my praise. But the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And what we see, we saw this in David. It said, and David strengthened himself in the Lord. Davis, David went to God. We saw with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> We're not serving you, God. I mean, you, O King, because we serve a God who will deliver us from you. But if not, serving God. The disciples. Teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? They didn't actually show them repenting, but we know they had to repent. Still, Jesus right there. <coughs> Jonah, when he was in the belly of the fish, He's praying to God. Everything that we see points back to God and prayer. God and prayer. God and prayer. It just you cannot have separate God and prayer from each other. 
But if you are stressed out and you can't sleep, you better think about God and prayer. So Jesus says to us, another scripture, Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. And when you think about those times when I just don't know, Lord, when you lose sight of the horizon, hear these words from our Savior. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Come to me, all who are, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Your stress, your worry, the things keeping you up at night, come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And you think about those words. Give me whatever it is troubling you. Give it to me. Don't you spend another second more of your life worried. Stressed out. Confused. Because our Lord said, I'm giving you rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my birth is light. And so, Father God, we thank you this morning. Thanks, Lord. We thank you for the reminder, God, that we are free. We are free indeed. We thank you, God, this morning that you have given us a word to end the month. That we don't have to worry. We just have to be happy. That we seek your face and pray, God, that you are here to remove all those things that keep us bound. Whether it is sin because of our action, whether it is because life just happened, whether it is because the enemy trying to keep us from our destination. You have said time and time again, do not worry. Do not worry. Praise me because I've created you for praise. And if you can't remember that, just remember, bring it to me and I will take it and give you rest. Rest for our souls. And so this morning, we God, we thank you. We praise you because you are God. And we praise you because you love us. We praise you because you died for our sins, Lord. We thank you for the peace that comes. Thank you for loving us when we're unlovable. We love you, God. And we praise your holy name. For it is your son, Jesus Christ's name, that we do pray and believe. Amen. Amen. We are free indeed. So now, what's in front of us? The question was asked, what is that in front of you? 
car, he wasn't in front of me at the time. Was, What's this up front? This is a bowl of water with some rocks in it. And the paper that you have, that you wrote the things that have you bound, the paper dissolves in the water. And it's just symbolic of God and his forgiveness. He said in Isaiah chapter 44, verse 25, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for, the, for mine own sake, and I will not remember thy sins. This is the example so you can see when God says, I blot this out. He means it. Now, disclosure, the water is not hot. It works much better when it's hot, so it's going to take a little bit of time to see it actually dissolve. But as you come up, you drop your paper in the water and you just watch it melt away. But as it melts away, you take a rock because in Joshua chapter 4 verse 5 and 6 when the, the children of Israel Moses had passed away and they're crossing the Jordan and as a remembrance Joshua said to them cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in the time to come, saying, what do these stones mean to you? So today, as you see my sins and my worry melting away, I'm taking a stone that I was set in my home, that if someone comes and sees this, what is that? This is when God set me free. He said I was free indeed. I'm free. So every time you feel stressed and you feel worried, just go look at that stone and remember. Just see the paper fading away. Remember that God blotted out your transgressions. He took away your burden. So as you come, if you want, you don't have to. Come forward and drop your concerns in the water and take your boulder with you.